0: First, just want to talk to you guys about what is syndication. One, um, what is it? Two, why does it matter to you? So in 2012, the JOBS Act allowed individuals like yourselves and like us to invest in commercial real estate without a broker. So it really opened up the floodgates into the ability to invest in a commercial real estate. Syndication, by the way, is just simply pooling resources to buy bigger assets than you'd be able to buy on your own. So. Um, Everything that we do is considered a syndication, and it's just many partners all owning uh, a piece of a a much larger asset, which gives us a lot more uh, control of the asset. So in 2012, the Jobs Act made it legal, and we make it accessible. So the... um, The number one thing about commercial real estate that we really like is preservation of capital. So everybody can talk all the time about return on investment. The first thing that we're concerned about is return of investment. What makes commercial real estate assets secure, safe, consistent? So the way that we structure our deals, all of our investors are put in a preferred position. What that means is that the debt, the mortgage, is always the first person to get paid. The investor in the preferred position is the second person to get paid. So us, as what we call the sponsor, or the the leaders of the deal, uh, we eat last, right? And that's important for our investors because that interest that aligns our interests and makes sure that we're only winning if our investors are winning. So the capital is secured by the project, right? So you don't buy a deed, like when you own a single family residence, you buy shares of a corporation that owns the asset. So that's what you're purchasing when you're getting involved in a syndication. The project is secured by cash flow. So what makes these things much more secure than residential is that you can see the cash flow when you're going in, you can see the projections and that's what securitizes the project. And then just residential versus commercial risk. So if you're doing a one to four family versus 100 units, the economies of scale allow for so much in terms of professional management. Um, if you think about if you have a single family house and the renter moves out, you have a 100% um, occupancy move out, right? So if you have 100 units and one person moves out, it doesn't hurt nearly as much. So it just absorbs uh, the ups and downs of move outs a lot better. So it just mitigates your risk that much better. And then it's a tangible asset. Unlike stocks and bonds and mutual funds, it's a tangible asset. You can drive by it. It's never going to go to zero. It will always have some intrinsic value. And then we like to control where our hard-earned money goes. Um, Historically, you're told where your money can go, especially if you're in 401ks, IRAs, then the company that uh, sells the mutual funds or the other investment opportunities that you can invest in, they kind of tell you where you can put your money. This just gives us much more control over where our money is going. And we like that a lot. Consistency of returns. So, you know, we, what we're really looking for is safe, secure, consistent. So consistency, um, historically, we've been able to consistently return at least 12% 12% per annum to our investors, which has been amazing. Um, what that shakes out to be historically is a 1.6 equity multiple. All that means, simple terms is you put $100,000 in, over a five year period of time, you get $160,000 out. I just did a, uh, I don't know if you're friends with me on Facebook, but you would have just seen a investor math kind of breakdown on a 1.6 equity multiple. And what the math broke out to be was, If you were able to put $50,000 aside by the time your child was five years old, right? so $10,000 a year for five years, and then invest that into an asset that's showing a consistent 12% return, 1.6 equity multiple compounded every five years, um, $838,000 would be accessible to them by the time they were 35. By the time they were 65, it would be $14 million. And that's not adding anything additional to that initial 50,000. So a lot of compound interest calculators will show you if you add X amount per year, where it will go, just start with 50 grand and do 12% um, year over year, four or five year compounds. And you're talking about $14 million. So needless to say, we started some self-directed IRAs for our kids. We pay our investors through quarterly distributions. We get paid on quarterly distributions. So, again, that consistency. Uh, mutual funds, they don't kick off cash flow, right? Um, they accrue until you draw down. Commercial real estate kicks off cash flow through quarterly distributions. And um, over the past 90 years, you can look at the metrics on this. National Association for Real Estate Investors have uh, some great graphs that'll show this, but over the past 90 years, Commercial real estate has always outperformed stocks and bonds over that time frame. And if you look at when the downturns took place, commercial real estate had one quarter of the ups and downs that uh, stocks and bonds have. So again, for that control, for that consistency, we really like commercial real estate. I think the metric was during the last downturn, the national default rate was somewhere between four and four and a half percent. For residential mortgages. The national default rate for multifamily was 0.4%. So much more secure, much more consistent. And that's what we're looking for. Uh, fourth benefit, taxes, right? So commercial real estate is the most tax advantaged investment class that there is. There's appreciation, which means over time, we know that real estate grows. Depreciation, which means you get to write off a good percentage of the asset over a period of time. And we do some acceleration on those depreciations, which we'll get into a little bit. And then your interest expense, like your home, when you get to write off your mortgage interest, same thing with commercial real estate. Like-kind exchanges, when you sell a property, you don't necessarily have the ability to sell a mutual fund and have a like-kind exchange like you do with commercial real estate. So if you take your profits from one asset and move it into another there's some terms and, and time frames that you have to abide by but you defer those taxes even further down the road speak to your cpa here's our disclaimer right we do not offer tax advice but we can tell you that historically our investors are able to write off thirty-seven thousand dollars per hundred thousand invested in year one that's through our cost segregation studies so um If you partner with us, we'll certainly be able to talk to you more about that, and we'll get on the phone if you'd like with your CPA. Here's the picture that makes me get up in the morning that we're really looking to do is truly passive investments. So the last 10 years, we've dug in into residential real estate, and it's been great for us, and it brought us to this area, and we're grateful for that business because it it allowed us to to see the light and and get us to where we're at. Um, But it is not passive very active business we're always buying selling flipping renovating properties so the um the goal with these larger assets is to be able to hire professional third-party managers no cloud toilet calls if you own any single family two family three family four family whatever rentals um and you're still playing landlord we don't want to do that right so we have professional third-party management um, Economies of scale allow us to afford those and then mailbox money. Our goal is to be able to get those quarterly distributions uh, every single quarter, right? Warren Buffett said that if you don't find a way to make money while you sleep, you will work until you die. So we are really interested in how this relates to retirement. So somebody called me and said, hey, is this just clickbait? Are you guys just trying to get us to jump on this webinar because you're going to show me how to retire 240% faster? So the answer is no. I'm going to give you the metrics that we that we did this by. So the average mutual fund over the last 20 years has been returning 4.67% before fees. In the next week or two, we're going to do an entire breakdown of fees, um, what you're paying in fees, how that affects your retirement account, what the cost of those fees are over a 20-year period of time, but we're not going to do that today. We're going to give them the benefit of the doubt, and we're going to let them tout 5%. So if you just take a 5%, return versus 12% over the same period of time until we're ready to retire. Um, it will allow us to retire with the same amount, 2.4 times or 240% faster, or at a later time of 240% more, right? So it just allows us to get there and take control of our retirement that much faster. If you extend that metric out to 30 years, you're looking at the average mutual fund has returned 3.66% before fees, making that metric even more devastating to your retirement. Um, So my dad passed away about five years ago and he lost about 40% of his wealth in stocks, bonds, mutual funds before he passed. He did not live long enough to watch the market rebound. So for us, being able to control those assets and control what uh, returns we're getting and not pass that off to a mutual fund manager that I've never met has been a really big deal. Right. So controlling our retirement, for me, watching that happen has been really important. So if you're talking about how that benefits retirement, um, about 30 percent of the investors that we have in our deals already have invested through their retirement account. So it allows those returns to grow tax free or tax deferred. So it's not just you that can invest into these deals. Right. Your retirement account can uh, as well.